Hello, Claremont. Welcome to 2021's first episode of Claremont Speaks. I've been not so noticeably absent for a few weeks now. Let's just say scheduling problems, getting everything together, holidays, craziness in Washington, a hundred reasons why I haven't been able to publish an episode since about mid-December. But rather than apologize or excuse, let's just get right into it and say that 2021 is going to be different. If there are guests to be on the program, they will be. If there are no guests, there still will be a program and it'll be just you and me. So this show, I'm going to talk about the proposal made at the last city council meeting by Kristen McCullough, who is the community services manager for Claremont. The proposal had to do with the residential organics recycling pilot program, basically taking food and green waste, collecting it, bringing it to a central location over an industry, and then out to Victorville to be then processed into compost. Net-net on this is that the city is going to be spending somewhere upwards, not on the pilot program, but on the regular program, about $850,000 a year to have green waste taken away. There might be a situation in which we could actually make money on this rather than spend it. So I asked her a question. Let's listen. You tell me what you think of her answer. Russ Binder, you may begin your public comment. Thank you very much, uh, Ms. McCoola. I have one simple question. In all of your calculations and all of your scenarios, is there one that actually is a cash positive program to the general fund rather than an expense? And if not, could we talk about maybe another way to do it? The, the first question or the first comment regarding a cost positive solution. Unfortunately, composting at this point is more expensive than landfill. That's certainly something that we're going to continue to monitor. And with all due respect to Ms. McCoola, there was a fairly long period between the time I asked the question and she answered it. Maybe she didn't really understand the question properly, but I don't think that answer was an answer at all. I'm asking simply, was any way to make some money off of this considered rather than just drop 85 stacks a year to basically comply with the state's rules. And I'm all for conservation, reducing methane, recovering green waste, all the good environmental reasons. Okay, great. But to have the state just come over and say, look, you're going to do this. You're going to get this done. We don't care what it costs you. And if you don't do it, we're going to drop a fine on you that's going to make your head spin. I can see where that's just the epitome of good governance and getting along and being cooperative and reaching across the aisle and all those things that the, I think, soon to be recalled Mr. Newsom is best at, right? Now, it's bad enough that we're dropping 850 k a year to get rid of garbage. We're giving it to one of the biggest corporations around, and what they're going to do with that money and our compost, they're going to turn it into more money, and they're going to keep it. So we're basically paying someone to take something off our hands so that they can go make even a bigger profit. How does that make sense? And I think there ought to be at least some measure, some consideration at doing this locally. And I'm not the only one. Becky Margiotta spoke up, suggested we look into local composting. Richard Haskell, one of the best folks over there at Sustainable Claremont, also made the same suggestion. Here, let's give a quick listen. Let's not forget about the possibility of local composting. I think we all agree, actually. I think even community services realizes that 
local composting would be better. And then Dr. Stuart Wood, the executive director over there at Sustainable Claremont, wrote in a comment. We have one item of written public comment from Dr. Stuart Wood, executive director of Sustainable Claremont. The carbon miles on the compost is also of deep concern. Food waste will have to be collected by diesel trucks in Claremont. Waste will then be hauled 20 miles from Claremont to the Murph in the City of Industry. From there, it will be unloaded, pushed into a collection area with a diesel-powered front loader, and then reloaded again into diesel trucks to be transported 74 miles to the Organics Composting Facility in Victorville. That's nearly a 100-mile trip to the facility, not to mention the miles that the compost will need to take for distribution. This will happen for each week's collection and presumably with multiple trucks. A local solution that could mitigate the immense use of fossil fuels should be a priority. There doesn't seem to be a plan for the use of the compost that has been processed. For years, there have been ongoing discussions and efforts to create community-based composting solutions. And then Council Member Corey Kaleke, previous guest on Claremont Speaks, several times mayor, definitely a friend of the program, offered an opinion. And I do wholeheartedly agree with all the comments about trying not to transport materials long distances, because it, in, in many respects, it defeats the whole purpose of the effort when you're mitigating the methane gas in one way, but then you're driving vehicles 70 to 100 miles from distance, it counters the, the whole effort. And then council member Jed Liano, another serious friend of Claremont Speaks, brought forth his perspective. I think that we would all agree that if there were a local opportunity to provide a similar service, we should prefer that. So it seems as if a local solution is something that would be considered, but it seems as if it's being considered primarily, if not only, on the basis of the impact to the environment, which is perfectly valid. No pushback on that. In other words, generating a lot of diesel exhaust just to save methane from getting into the air seems like just trading one disaster for another. Let's not do that. Let's be smarter. But I don't see where any of this is being considered on the value of the money you could make instead of spend. Which then brings me back to my question to Ms. McCoolum. I maybe didn't phrase it obviously or eloquently or directly, but the fundamental question is we're looking at paying someone and choosing on the basis of whom we have to pay the least to take a valuable resource off our hands rather than turn that into something that would then fill the general fund rather than diminish it further. I mean, the general fund right now is short a couple, three million bucks, who knows? The general fund then would be another 850K a year in the hole. I don't get this. There isn't anything else being considered. I wonder if we could consider having the cash go in the other direction and fill the coffers rather than help empty it. So they've estimated it's going to be $850,000 a year. Thank you for making the math so easy. $850,000 per year at $85 a ton is 10,000 tons. And if what I read is correct, they would then take that 10,000 tons and turn it into 5,000 tons of sellable, high-grade, victimville premium compost. Robert Phillips, the representative from Athens, said not only do they sell it, but they sell some of the best stuff there is. But from a quality perspective, we have an extremely high quality compost and we have very large growers is our customer base. Vineyards, hemp, a lot of hemp. Write that down. We'll be back to that later. Citrus and some Caltrans work is the bulk of our customer base. Adding Claremont waste 
that would put about 8% additional output volume per year for us, which is not a problem. I was personally very concerned. I don't know about anybody else, but that maybe the tsunami of uh, leftover lettuce wraps, palm frites, and pasta salad remainders would overwhelm their delicate system. Because we ended the year completely sold out, and we had to turn away customers. And that's great because we're Claremont, we're givers. They help us alleviate a problem of having too much valuable green waste laying about, and we help them with what every business on the planet refers to as a high-quality problem to have is excess demand over capacity, over supply. In other words, they could sell way more if they could just get more. Marketing our compost and the compost that we would create from the green waste and food waste out of Claremont would not be an issue for us. And we would love to talk about full loop programs that would bring some of this high quality compost back to the community. As you're talking about bring, give, or <clears throat> sell. Okay, let's talk dollars and cents just real quick here, okay? Athens wants $85 a ton to take it off our hands. So I checked on the Athens American Organics website and they sell this compost for $50 a ton. So if you take the 5,000 tons times $50 a ton, that's another quarter million dollars. Add that to the $850,000 they already got from us, which over a five and a half year period equates to a little over $6 million in gross revenue. But that's gross revenue, not money left over in your hand, net. So let's cut to the chase and figure that they have a 50% margin on all their sales, okay? Uh, half of what they sell, they keep. What they sell for $6 million, probably cost them three to make not sure they can correct me on this mr phillips please let us know as a matter of fact you have a formal open invitation to come on claremont speaks whenever you'd like and talk about this i think that would be fabulous if you have the time to listen to all this or get the message please write me at claremontspeaks at gmail.com and we'll schedule a time for you to come on the program okay what are their expenses some of it has to be capital expenses, machinery, equipment, whatever it takes to magically turn one into the other. Other things include paying salaries and workers to actually make this happen. And nothing's for free, so we get that. It's not a, a magic trick. But if they end up with $3 million in net profit over that time, fine. No issues there. And I think, to be fair, making it in the composting business is scale. You have to have a lot of this to really make it work. If Claremont is only going to add about 8% to their total volume, that means they have about 125,000 tons of compost a year to flip. And that takes land, that takes equipment, that takes paying people, it takes a big investment. It's not free, it's not so easy. It's certainly not the most glamorous or luxurious job you've ever come across. I understand that the folks out there work hard for their money and it's just not a giveaway. But... My point is that if the local solution is something we could consider, I think we should. The one thing that I've heard over and over in all of these presentations is that getting a composting program going for Claremont has been very difficult. And I think the reason is that nobody has looked at it from a purely money approach. It's all about saving the planet, all about green waste, blah, blah, blah. All things are good. No criticism there. But the real kind of green we need to make out of this is money. One of the groups that needs money in Claremont is Sustainable Claremont. Their funding has been cut from the general fund. I think they used to get about thirty grand a year, and now they don't. Why? We don't have it. We're out of money. They have some experience doing composting. And my thought is that if they wanted to become financially 
sustainable Claremont, something like this would work to their advantage. First thing, you want to put up a facility. You want to start small? Great. You want it to grow big? Fine. Where would you put it? Consider, just for a moment, the California Botanical Garden, just north of the schools. Why? It's a big, wide-open field that, if I had to guess just from looking, does a fine job of being a hatchery for coyotes, whose main contribution to the city is pet population control. So we put in a pilot program compost processing plant. Okay, Russ, great idea. Where do you get the money to start this grand adventure? One suggestion, whose name is on the front door? Robert Redford. I'll bet you Robert Redford would love to do something to help the planet and make a bunch of money. And what would be really cool is if Redford would back this, use his star power to promote the whole thing. Paul Newman started the Newman's own salad dressings. Redford could do the same thing, be on the same level. If he didn't want to keep the money, fine. Donate it to charity. Donate it to the homeless program. Maybe the homeless program right here in Claremont. We've got some ideas for that coming up, but what would be so bad is to have his name on all this sort of, let's say, philanthropic type of endeavors. Has anybody even approached him? Do you think he'd listen? I bet you'd listen. Why wouldn't somebody listen to having a philanthropic organization that's saving the planet, helping the homeless, making the environment better, and has your name on it forever, and makes its own money in perpetuity? Why wouldn't they listen to that? I hear he's got a few bucks. Maybe he'd like to help fund this. Maybe he'd like to actually have it be a profitable business for his own. So we put in a plant. Now, one of the the problems I hear about processing compost is that it makes methane. Ooh, we want to avoid that. What we really want to avoid is having methane get into the air at all. Now, if I understand what the good folks at Athens are doing, is they're taking all this waste and they're dragging it out to Victimville, spreading it out, drying it out, processing it, blah, 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 whatever you want to do. I don't care. But I wonder if they're really preventing methane from getting into the air rather than methane from getting into the air here in Claremont. Now, I don't think the air knows what city it's in. I think if you let methane into the air, it's just as bad for the planet, regardless of where you let it get out. Now, if they're really not letting methane out into the air, they're doing something with it. But I have a better proposal. Why don't we, if we let the compost rot here, decompose, excuse me, and it makes methane, there's an alternative to just letting it go out into the air. Capture it. And after you capture it, you burn it. And what do you do when you burn it? You don't just burn it off. You power turbines. And what do you do when you power gas turbines with this? You spin generators. What do the generators make? Electrical power. What does electrical power generated make? Money. Lots of money. Great idea, Russ. So far, so good. But now your question is, who do we get to work there? This looks like kind of a, uh, not the kind of job that every PhD out of Claremont is going to want to take. So big deal. Look, who needs money? Homeless people. How do you get them money? Give them a job. Where do you give them a job? I don't know. Working at the recycling plant, working at the compost factory, moving piles of spinach salad or whatever, you know, frou-frou thing Claremont threw away from one area to another until you dry it and turn it into compost isn't that hard. Where else can uh, we find people who work there? I don't know. Look across the street. Students. What do students need? Money. And what do they need to get that money? A job. Where would they like to have a job? Walking distance from their dorm. No car required. Okay. So you process this stuff. You spend 
not $850,000 giving it away. You spend the $850,000 or less putting in infrastructure, making equipment, purchases, getting this thing going. Now, what do you do with the compost? You sell it just like Athens does. Now you've got a whole pile of people. You got five colleges full of PhDs. I bet you there's a few PhDs over there that not only know how to make compost ridiculously well, but I understand the Drucker School is over there. Somebody with their newly minted MBA would love a chance to market this stuff. So what are you going to make? You're going to make run-of-the-mill compost? No. I propose we enlist the help, again, of the Claremont Colleges, maybe Cal Poly, and make the primo-grade compost of all time, stuff that would make the good folks up at Athens just go, oh, man, that is good. Stuff that, you know, erases all the quality concerns that Mr. Haskell and others had about the quality of the compost being made. And, of course, to put Bob Redford's fears to rest that we would be making something substandard, not something he'd want to put his name to, we'd make the stuff that made growing, like, drop dead easy. I'm thinking there has to be a way to make the best of the best and charge for it, of course. So when you buy Bob Redford's own Claremont Primo Grade compost, you're buying the best of the best. You're not fooling around. You're not getting something second rate. You want to make something that Bob Redford, Robert to you, would be beyond proud to have his name on. No second rate product, no Home Depot grade nonsense. This is it, the best. And why do you do that? Not for Bob Redford, but you do it for Claremont. You want to have Claremont as a brand, anything they put their name on. Claremont is the premium grade of anything. And if you want to start out with rotten vegetables as being the compost to have, why not? So who buys compost? Farmers. Where do we find farmers? I don't know. Every Sunday, we're full of farmers at the farmer's market. They're already here. They wouldn't even have to have the compost delivered. They just pick it up on their way out. Cuts the transportation costs down right there. But I'm not worried about that. Athens representative, Mr. Phillips, said that they have more customers than they have supply. Anytime a demand exceeds supply and you're selling the primo best of all the market choices, I think the customers that they cannot serve would beat a path to our door. Basically, let's take Athens' ball away. If they can't serve those customers because they can't get enough, I say starve them. Who cares? Well, let's do it ourselves and capture the money for ourselves. Rather than pay them all this money, let's start raking it in like they are. Why don't we sell it to their customers? It'll be the same stuff, mayhaps even better, and we cut out the middleman. But now, let's say Redford's not interested. Let's say Redford doesn't really want to get involved. He's like, I've done enough. You got my name on the door. Let's call it good there. Where else would you get the money? Why don't we get the money from the same place that Athens got a bunch of money to expand their facility out there in Victimville? American Organics funded their upgrade and expansion last year in part by the California Department of Resources Recycling and Recovery CalRecycles Organics Grant Program, a subset of California Climate Investments. CalRecycled describes CCI as a statewide program that puts billions of cap-and-trade dollars to work reducing greenhouse gas emissions, strengthening the economy, and improving public health and the environment. The cap-and-trade program also creates financial incentives for industries to invest in clean technologies and develop innovative ways to reduce pollution. And we have on the city council an absolute genius at getting 
grants and money for programs like this. Councilmember Jed Liano and his successes with the Baseline Project are absolutely proof positive that I'm right. I don't think that was any small feat, and I think that Jed Liano and our dearly departed Ann Turner hit a home run there. Now, why don't we see if Jed can do the same thing for us here? I think he's a smart guy. I think he should be given a shot. I think Jed is one of the folks that gets things done, and I think that Jed could very successfully lead a program to get money from that program. If Athens can do it, Jed can do it. So let's see if we can get our own money, really, from the state programs to do something to avoid paying Athens such an enormous pile of cash. Let's not only keep the money, but get more for ourselves. Let's make Claremont better. Nothing you're going to do with Athens is going to make Claremont better. It's just going to make it less worse. But okay, let's jump ahead pretend that the plant's in place, everything's in place, and you're making compost. You're taking our 10,000 tons a year and you're turning it into 5,000 tons of sellable compost. But let's just even pretend for a moment you can't sell quite all of it. What would you do with the rest of it? What is compost really good at? It's good at growing things. It's at the botanical garden. There are people that run the botanical garden who are good at growing things. Now, what would you grow? You could grow anything you wanted. I think the compost is agnostic. It would help grow anything. You could grow peas, carrots, lettuce, whatever you like. Who would you sell this uh, food to? I don't know. How about make it a charitable deal? Sell it to at a discount of like almost everything to the homeless. Sell it to the students. Well, both those factions need good food grown right here in Claremont. What's better than that? And the botanical garden needs money, I'm sure. Cactus Fest twice a year probably doesn't bring in all the money that it takes to run the place. And if they could take a slice off the top for the food grown there, all the better. And again, who do you get to grow the food? We have homeless and students that need jobs and money. So I would look there. But the main problem is that you only have a finite amount of land. And if you're going to make the most money possible, you have to grow something that has the most revenue potential per square yard of land use. So let's take a second, play some family feud. We surveyed 100 people. Number one answer on the board. What is the number one cash crop in America today? Hemp. A lot of hemp. Bing! You win. That's the right answer. Thank you, Mr. Phillips. Nothing, nothing else has more money per square foot potential than weed. And that's why the big companies, everybody's getting into it. And I'm one who thinks that if it can be done at all, we could have some of the smart graduates out of the colleges over here, who I bet you really know how to grow stuff great. And so what do you do? You keep high level PhD talent in the city and you grow something that is going to contribute to the general fund like no other. I'll bet you it would be even better than an Apple store. And I'll tell you real quick, the best customers for weed are students and homeless. I think if you check around the campus, there's probably a little bit of weed, and I don't think they bought any of it here through the dispensaries that we don't have in Claremont. Now, where would you put a dispensary? You'd put it right there on the botanical garden front yard, because that way the students could walk across the street and get it. Once again, of course, reducing exhaust emissions and traffic and other bad things, plus keep the money in Claremont. The students get a little bit of exercise, not a bad thing, and the city gets some sales tax revenue. Or to put it in terms everybody can understand. More money, more money, more money. And besides, beyond that, what happened? When you sell that much marijuana, I guarantee you, there's going to be a noticeable uptick in restaurant attendance. 
I'm thinking the bakeries. I'm thinking any place that makes cookies would probably have to put in an extra oven or two just to cover the demand. So once again, we've increased the commerce in Claremont. And what do you get from that? More sales tax money, which goes into the general fund. And what does the general fund get spent on? Things that make Claremont a better, nicer place to live. So far, I don't really see the downside. However, I don't see SC. I don't see Sustainable Claremont out there being weed sellers. Probably just not the optics you want. So what might you do? I think we should, as a city, go back and talk to one of our former residents, who I think would be perfect for this job. Snoop Dogg. Used to live right up here. Claremont didn't like too much of his parties and so forth, so he moved. I say get him back. This ought to do it. And frankly, if you told him some portion of this would go to his favorite charity, which I think is football leagues for kids, you might have a deal. That might be a way to reopen the door. But here, bottom line to all of this, and I appreciate your listening, but there's many facets to this. None have to be dependent on the other. For instance, if you don't want to put it at the botanical garden, don't. You don't want to have Redford involved, don't. Point being is, look, there's got to be more creative solutions suggested considered the downside of just thinking about it a little further is nothing. The part I was really just a little incensed about is that I didn't see even one option besides, hey, let's just take big piles of money and uh, get rid of it. There you go. Oh, good. Done. All right. Next item on the agenda, please. Thank you very much. Okay, Claremont, you got to tell me what you think about this. Any part of this. Need to hear back from you, please. That's my call to action. So if you can, give me an email at claremontspeaks at gmail.com and maybe encourage others to listen to this and see what they think. Write to the courier, to your council members, write to the city staff, leave them an email, leave them a voicemail. I don't care. All right, Claremont, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next show when the topic is going to be the energy savings program presented at the same meeting. So be well, be safe, take care of one another, and we'll talk to you next time.